0: Alright, gentlemen. Hector, we got we got Bob Wing and Ryan Balfont joining us tonight. But first, I gotta ask Hector, what are you drinking tonight? That's what's more important here. Oh, oh my goodness. Fancy. Wow. Fancy. Fancy. What is Fancy that? Tonight? Old Par. Old
1: Par. That what is, is that? Scotch?
2: Cognac? It's wow.
1: Scott, I drink great. new par. What what is new par? <laughs> Such uh, a dork. <laughs>
2: you know nothing, John. Wayne.
1: <laughs> you know
0: nothing. You know nothing. So thanks, man. This this is great. It's Friday night. It's Memorial Weekend. Wait. So so Bob, you gotta tell us is is, is Memorial Weekend been a thing in Canada? It's probably not a thing. I don't. I've not, no.
1: We uh, we had our. Uh, this week we had our monday off and you guys have a monday off next week so yeah okay okay and what was your monday off for <laughs> honestly i'm not sure i think it was victoria day i, what, what uh, is yeah. I know patriotism in canada is not as well educated uh widespread for sure
0: <laughs> that's really really funny oh my gosh so, um, how's everyone doing, Hector? How are you doing? How was your week?
2: I'm doing great. Let, let's yeah. do some self promotion, Michael, because you know we've been doing this for five or, or six months already. Or yeah, maybe it feels uh, longer. And uh, we have a Facebook page now called yes. Friday Night Friday Night Live with Accountants. I guess that's the name. So if you're watching this, at least hit like to the page. So yes. You can- so you get a notification when this goes live just in case Michael, myself or Andrew or whoever forgets to post this on the regular feed because you have to be, you have to like the page in order to get um, the, the acknowledgement, the notification that we're going live with these things. Mm.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. Good call. Yeah. No, thank Yeah. Thanks for that. So we're, we definitely have a new Facebook page. It's been getting, it's, it's, it's got, a, it's got, um, quite a number of, of likes now which is great and uh and then also we try to tag ourselves and share on our own personal pages and so hopefully the experience is the same for everybody but um and and we had you know one of our most watched conversations just a few weeks ago when you guys had um uh, a few guests on and um and so it's been great and last week we had a blake oliver join us oh you did wow yeah so that was a lot of fun and so tonight's uh, should be as as riveting because we got Ryan Balf and Bob Wang joining joining us tonight, Ooh. which is awesome. They've been they've been regular guests. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, and so uh, so t- tonight we wanted to talk about the idea of um, this unique idea of uh, if, if incredibly unique. Yeah, yes. really unique. <laughs> no one's thinking about it or talking about it at all, <laughs> and. What definitely if, not
1: live yeah no. not
0: live yeah no, no no not 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 on facebook live at all um, no. and so what if uber got into the business of accounting what would it look like or be like what would it look like or be like so let,
2: let me get let me kick it off michael yeah, if you do mind. It. so a couple of things uber well, maybe 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 all four of us let's talk about what uber is let's kind of psychoanalyze it, the structure, what it is, what it isn't. So we can start drawing some conclusions. But beyond what everybody knows Uber for, which is transportation, Uber has expanded into Uber courier. So Uber does package logistics and then also Uber eats, which they do food delivery. So although these two things seem very close to, uh, you know, driving cars and, and the taxi, it's not that far-fetched that Uber, Uber, the company Uber, could use the same platform to get into any industry. Now, obviously, you know, between transportation and accounting, there's a big gap, but the platform, the concept, is what we'd like to talk about. So let's start with what is Uber. So who's, a, who's an avid Uber user here? Ryan, you're from New York. You probably use it quite a bit. Uh, maybe you break it down for us. What's Uber in your perspective? All, all the details.
3: Yeah, I'm more of a Lyft guy just because, at some point, (laughs) at some point Uber Uber didn't allow you to uh, add tips on the like within the app. You had to you had to if if you wanted to tip, you had to have cash, and I never carry cash around, so I just always used Lyft. Um, But I think Uber now lets you tip in app. uh, But you know, I just developed sort of a loyalty to lift but they're the same thing um
2: so for, for the people watching and listening keep track of all these tiny details they seem like they're not a big deal but they are okay so the user wanted to tip the service provider digitally not with cash if we wanted to use the convenience of the app not only to pay for the service but also to pay for the additional satisfaction of the service right. so I want to keep all these things in mind when it comes to us breaking it down for accounting services what else,
3: I think they're they're essentially the same thing. I know Uber has more demand; they they own the majority of the market share. Um, and it, it, I would kind of compare it to like a, a PC Mac thing. I think uh, you know the majority of riders just flock to Uber because it's it's more popular. Uh, I think they came out first and I think the Lyft riders are more like, you know, they wanted to do something different. They didn't want to be followers per se. Um, and Lyft's competitive advantage from my perspective, a lot was always, uh, like better, uh, providing better service, like just, just based on my experience, the, the, the drivers for Lyft were always super friendly. They went out of their way to uh, make sure that you gave them a five-star rating. Uber kind of just was like, you could tell a lot of people, a lot of drivers were just there to make some money. Um, so I always thought the the customer service was a little bit better with Lyft compared to Uber, but nowadays if you're a lift drop if you're a, a lift driver you're probably also an uber driver and you just have both apps uh active at the same time so they're really at at this point they're really the exact same thing there's really nothing different
2: right so, at, some, at some point didn't they have a rule where if you're a lift driver you can't be uber or vice versa like that, that was in place at some point right
3: i think so yeah i if my memory serves me correctly, I, I believe there were some clause where you had to choose one or the other. Okay. Um, so either, oh, another big component to this is airport restrictions. Um, like I, I know in Vegas, I, I don't know how it is currently, but I know a lot of airports place really strict restrictions on um, ride sharing. So uh, a couple of years ago, some wouldn't allow, you would get fined if you picked somebody up at the airport, but now they have like these designated, um, you know, parking garages or spaces within the airport that's designated for ride sharing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's basically all I know. I'm not like a an avid avid rider whatsoever, but that's just my that's been my experience thus not,
1: far. Well, not sure if you guys knew, but Vancouver doesn't have Uber. It's one of the first, one of the last holdouts well. of, uh, of this whole app. Right and what manage. is there an alternative or do you have to use taxi? You have to use taxi. And even the alternative wow. is basically following the taxi leg- tax legislation where all the drivers need to have a chauffeurs' drive, uh, license. It needs to have, you know, commercial uh, insurance. Uh, basically, it's a taxi company with an app. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I've, I mean, I've used it. Basically, the concept is that uh, you know anyone can provide the service. You know, ride sharing, right? So uh, anyone can sign up to be a driver, or in our case, anyone can sign up to provide this bookkeeping service. And you're hired by the job as opposed to by the hour. Um, and it, what's interesting is Uber has these surge rates. So uh, basically, you know, mm-hmm. going back to economics, you're trying to increase prices when there's high demand and lower the prices when there's no demand. So then, so busy, uh, you know,
2: busy season would be the equivalent. Taxes would be the equivalent of the
1: surge. On this, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, busy season or year end, I would say. You know, uh, the busy season would be from a tax perspective, but you know. December or January, I would say, it was probably a year end, popular year end. Uh, tips. I mean, I've never received tips in my life, but I, I guess, uh, I guess that'd be kind of interesting, thing to talk about. But yeah, does that, does that help uh, provide some background, Hector? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah Michael. What about you? What are I would. S-
0: I'd say I'm. I would say i am i am very. Um, I was surprised at the ways different people use Uber as well to do other things that it's not meant for, but it will do. So, for example, I was with a friend the other day, or my my brother. My brother was dropped off at my sister's graduation. And then um, his his wife drove off with the car with the kids. And it was one of those cars where you can start the car if you have the keys in your pocket, right? And it stays on. But then she went to stop at, you know, wherever they went to eat with the kids, turned their car off. They couldn't get back in the car or start it again because the keys were in my brother's pocket with me so he calls an uber gives the keys to the uber driver and says bring the keys to the other destination and i've seen this this is not the first person i've seen do it my brother's done it another friend uh, like a um one of my other friends done it with their spouse their spouse forgets something and says oh you took the keys i needed those keys or i needed that thing so they're using the current they're using the uber driver as a courier and trusting them (laughs) to to do it and the, 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 the response or the feedback is, well, if they don't do it, they're going to get a bad review or a bad rating, right? So um, there is an incentive in the system or the platform for the driver to do the thing, whether it's drive you somewhere or do the request that you've made in order for them to get the rating they need so that they can increase their, their ratings and hopefully um, increase the ability for them to continue to get rides on the platform
2: so i did have a client on october 15th which is the deadline for late finding a personal return who was supposed to come to my office like at 3 p.m to deliver a wet signature or a document that we couldn't e-file and you know i called the guy at like 4 15 i'm like dude i have to go to the mail mail center i you know i where are you and he's like i couldn't make it but well, don't worry somebody will be there in 15 minutes i sent someone i'm like, okay right you send someone and the guy shows up and he gives me the document. And I, I, I asked I ask the driver a comment about you know about, about the person or something. And the guy's like, I don't know, I'm an Uber driver. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even know that he sent signed tax returns with an Uber driver. And this is my one of my highest net worth clients. Like this is a, like the guy, like he's giving away a tax return with a bunch of information about 30 companies. Awesome. I was amazed. I was completely amazed by it. And that, this was like a, a year and a half ago maybe like two years ago. So the Uber courier wasn't even a concept that, that was at least in my city. So obviously, I think the misuse of Uber as a courier led them to say, hey, we can do courier. <laughs> right. So what, what else, one, one thing I wanted to mention that you guys did that most people when they look at Uber, they're like, oh, they're the replacement of the taxi. And then you, you break it down and say, why is Uber better? Some people say it's cheaper and that obviously that's always good, but assuming it wasn't cheaper, assuming it was the same price as the taxi. I think people will still use Uber. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think pricing is the main reason mm-hmm. why people continue to use it. I think the reason you use Uber because there's very low friction yeah. for the transaction. It's whip out your phone, put an address, press a button, wait, you get live feedback, is doesn't even you know what's going on. It gives you the phone number of the person. Even if taxi went, went to compete with Uber with pricing and taxi became, let's say, half the price, you still have to wait a long time to get a taxi. You don't get a status of where they are and how long would it take to get there. You have to raise your hand in a corner somewhere in New York until somebody picks you up, right? So that's another concept that you want to think about. The success of Uber is not just price, and like you said, in many situations with search, you pay more with Uber than you would with taxi. And in many cases with shorter runs, taxis are cheaper. Mm. right? Because Uber has a higher minimum and taxis start like, like $3 plus whatever per mile. So if you want to go really short, a yellow taxi, yellow cab may be cheaper than Uber. In New York, for example, for a couple of blocks. So also you get the history of everything that you pay, everything that you pay. It's convenient if you want to get up reimbursement if you want to give it to your employer. It's convenient for the tax and stuff like that. So Uber is more than just the replacement of taxi. Right. And, that's, and I think a lot of people don't see that. What, what else is Uber doing that's interesting? They do sharing. So now you can do right sharing where you can elect to be in a car that m- might have an additional person or two that you don't know where they're going. And they may delay you, but you can pay cheaper. You can split the bill with another Uber, Uber account. Mm-hmm. So you can say, hey, we're going to split this fare with another Uber account. So you see how Uber has really mastered its craft and done all sorts of interesting things. So is that enough context for us to move into the accounting?
0: Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, the last one is now they can now deliver McDonald's to you. And that's the gold. That's the gold for, for, for the uh, uh, the non-confessing McDonald's lovers. I know you're all out there. You're all out there. You all eat McDonald's. No one's better than anybody else. And that's the gold is you the fact that you can get that indulgence at any time, basically at any time to your doorstep.
2: It's like five. It's like five bucks, right? You pay like five. You pay like five bucks, right? Yeah. And you don't, you
0: know, you know, you're sitting in your place at eleven o'clock at night. You and your buddies. You know what? We want not just. You don't have to just order pizza now. You can order anything that's in your area. Anything. And that's the friction they removed is, oh man, oh yes, I can get that without having to wait or I can get Taco Bell or whatever it is. And that's amazing. Um, when that place does not have a delivery service, they just outsource to Uber. So you I don't like, have to have a delivery service. Yeah. I
2: like to add a little bit to that. I have I, I don't specialize in restaurant. I have one client that has five restaurants and that's why I have them as a client because otherwise the problem wouldn't because the restaurant's not a people but it gives me enough volume. Like I sit there for like six days a year and just kind of help him get the whole thing done. He has DoorDash, Uber Eats, a whole bunch of things, and I ask him, this is this a good business? And he says, no. Like, if we look at gross margins. yeah. Look at, like, I was want to to be the hero and prove to him that this is not a good business, because they take like 20%, some crazy number like that. And he says, well, you know what it does? It keeps my kitchen busy, it keeps mm-hmm. my lights on. And the best thing about it, and I think Ryan talked about this, is they they have a little tablet, they have a, a Doordash, has its own tablet. It's not like they go into their cell phone and they launch the app. No, when you're a restaurant, they give you a dedicated tablet that all it's only meant for that. Wow. Right? So they spend so they spend hundred bucks, 120 bucks in a tablet, and they reduce the friction of the person having to open the app. So the, the restaurant owner can turn on and off the ordering. Oh. So when they're busy, they can just start off. And he said, look, it's great. If my kitchen's busy, I turn it off. If my kitchen's slow, I turn it on.
0: Wow. And
2: so then you have this, so it changes business model. He's like, look, you know, it's only like 20% of my revenue, which by the way is huge. So he said only, but it's a really interesting way I can play with my capacity. And I can oh, yeah. work my capacity. You know, if I have a lot of extra food, I turn it on. If I'm running out of, a lot of food items and a big dinner is coming in Friday night. I turn it off. So that's something just to think about how capa- how, how the excess use of capacity would play into this whole thing.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a manufacturer's dream, too. That's a manufacturer's dream. Um, if they can figure that out and restaurants now can figure that out with DoorDash or Uber or something like that. So we were thinking about it from the, cons- the consumer, the, the, the one who consumes the service, now we think about it from the one who's using it to serve through the service, the driver, the restaurant, the courier, the, the 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 company shipping stuff using the courier service, the on-demand nature of it to fulfill capacity. Even like you said, at low margin or break-even, is way better than not having their labor sitting there. And that's that's the um, you know if you're if you're a good CFO in manufacturing, that's been the rule in manufacturing. The whole time that's why companies take low overhead or break even items in production because if the law lo- every hour every minute their production their conveyor belt is not running is labor and time that is wasted completely wasted um so then the platforms like uber have just basically brought that same concept into service providers and other industries that couldn't, that didn't have the outlet to do that. And that is yeah, another way
1: to, to look at it. And, and I have a, a friend that's kind of creating an app and he really understands it. this industry. So a lot of times Uber and skip the dishes and DoorDash, they actually cannibalize uh, takeout and takeout mm-hmm. is actually a pretty high margin you know, item because you, you don't have the, you know, server labor associated with it. So, you know, these people are lazier, you know, instead of getting takeout, they just get order delivery. So instead of making money, you're actually, you know, making less because of these um, delivery services. So that, that's another way to, to look at mm-hmm. some of these things. Mm-hmm. So,
2: okay. So, so I think that we, let, yeah. let's, let's break it down in three dimensions. So let's, let's brainstorm, we don't have the answers, we are just brainstorm Let's brainstorm of what would the experience look like to hire an accountant or a bookkeeper through an Uber-like app. So we'll do it from the customer's perspective. Each of us let's just add something. Then we'll talk about the provider. So, so what would this look like to the provider? And then at the end, let's talk about maybe what the plat, like what the platform would have to be, and then maybe we'll come up with a business model right after this. So, so um, Ryan, let's start with you. From a consumer, I'm a consumer wanting to buy bookkeeping or accounting services. Obviously, I don't have a great relationship with a, a current accountant, and I'm just kind of shopping it out, outsourcing it or crowdsourcing it. What, what are the kind of things as a consumer you will be expecting? So I'm the consumer? You're, you're the consumer shopping for accounting bookkeeping services.
3: Got it. Um. So I would be expecting a lot. I'd be expecting somebody that is a CPA um, that is certified. Are we, are we not using QuickBooks here or are we just talking general?
2: No, don't use QuickBooks. It's inter, yeah. this is an international uh, <laughs> phenomenon. So, yeah. so it could be anything, right?
3: Um, here's a very important one. I want, I want somebody, I want to be able to, to, to change the, the person if I'm not satisfied Mm. And I also want to verify that they're going to be with me indefinitely and not just today or now for this one trip or this one service that I need. So I, I want one dedicated person that will support me. And if I don't like them, I want to be able to switch. Very similar to if you if you think that your ride is too far away, you can cancel it and request a new one.
1: I don't necessarily think so, because first of all, as a consumer, I don't really care if it's your CPA or not. I just want to know that you can do this job as in credential, just like, you know, if we're take an Uber example, I don't care if you're a class, you know, ABCD or whatever classifications you have. I just want to know that you can drive in, in a safe manner. And then in terms of this consistency, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think consumers are good, really care that same person helping me every single time. Um, uh, Cause if you did, you know, you'd have your own chauffeur and you'd be willing to pay for that. Whereas Uber is like, I don't care who it is, just get me there. And I, I, I guess, you know, if this service were to come out Uh, It'd be like, I don't care who is on the other line. I just want to solve this problem. I just want this month done, or I want some advice on how how to solve this problem.
3: My rebuttal to that would be, would you rather have somebody that is 17 years old that just got their license or somebody that's had their license for 20 plus years? And do you want somebody that's familiar with the area so they can get to, to point A, from point A to point B quickly? As opposed to somebody that's kind of brand new to the area and you know they're not really sure uh the the best the length of
1: experience doesn't really indicate expertise you know you can be 20 years in industry and still be terrible at your job Mm -hmm. or come out of school and be really really intelligent and get the job done so i would say length of service is not the best indicator of competency and in terms of um familiarity with area well, that's what the app is for, right? You don't need familiarity at all uh, to be able to drive from point A to B, point A to B because of the GPS. So you know, if that software can provide that same level of guidance, then um, then maybe it's not a big deal. Yeah, well, if, I, if the rating
3: system is a component in all of this, yeah. then, then the rating systems would dictate you know if somebody just got their license and signed up for this service, they wouldn't have any ratings yet, so yes. if you look right. at that, you might be reluctant to, you know, be their guinea pig, so to speak. Can right. I can, I,
2: can I add something to that? So, so Ryan, I'm actually not against you or with you. I'm just adding some color commentary in on this one. So I think that when, when people think about the driver that they want, or if this is going to be a good driver or a bad driver, they look at their ratings as the rate, like number of stars, and also number of reviews. Mm-hmm. And the number of reviews depicts experience. If the model, if the model forced one driver to one user all the time, the volume of reviews would be much lower. Does that make right. sense? True. Right. So, so is this rotation of people like serving many, many people, not having the same person over and over, which might drive the volume in terms of the stars, right? And then potentially give you that review that covered it high volume, high. Rating, uh, you they're looking for. So I'm just kind of adding some commentary yeah. to the concept of having the same person over and over. But Ryan also added one, one more thing. Like R- uh, Ryan added one thing that I really love. He says I like to have the the. see. I like Action. to have I like to have the same person over and over, but I like to quickly s- switch if I'm unhappy and I don't want to be the one firing them. I just want to press a button <laughs> and not have to. De- but that's that friction is a big deal. Yeah. A lot of people don't find their accountants because they don't want to have the conversation. Think about
0: it. Yeah. So, so Mike, go
2: ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say so that that's a great idea. So, yeah. So, Ryan, you're approaching it as like what I would like. I'm thinking, I'm trying to relate this back to what Uber allows us to do or Lyft allows us to do. So, like on Uber, I, I don't remember that I've even had the opportunity to choose the driver. The driver chooses me, actually. And then if I want to cancel the ride, I can click cancel. But I don't even think an option is. I could cancel because of the reviews suck. I think it's just literally if I cancel, I think it's for most right drivers uh, writers who are new to the platform. They actually get dinged on their own review as a writer. So if you think about the same thing, you actually would you yourself as an entrepreneur or a user of the platform would actually have a review yourself. So the QB Live person would be able to see do I even want to accept this writer or accept this entrepreneur to do their books, which would be very interesting. Um, you know, that would be very interesting. Like, do I want to accept the call from this person? But yeah, so last time I used Uber, I mean, I use it a lot, um, especially when I'm traveling. I don't remember ever being able to choose the driver. And sometimes I wish I could because the moment, and I should maybe I should have gone back to the app and looked because I hate it when the app doesn't tell you if the car is smells like smoke. Mm. And I've jumped into that and I go, I did not want to smell like smoke at the end of this ride, nor smell smoke for the next 15 minutes or 30 minutes. How would you know, Vegas
2: how would how, yeah. how you know, Mike, how, how, okay. So how will we solve the problem and not smelling like smoke?
0: Well, the moment, the moment that I see the car and I step in, and I, I get a whiff. I should be able to say, I'm going to get out. This car smells like smoke and I'm going to ding you for not sharing mm. that on the app. Okay. So the same thing with this experience, I want to be able to say, Hey, this account you gave that I got from through this experience was really mean to me or rude to me. And I'm going to put that in a review or I'm going to post that immediately and be able to end the call and immediately get another
1: yeah. bookkeeper. I think that's account. really interesting. I think this is probably yeah. moving from a different perspective. But the fact that you can rate your customer, I think is really interesting because there are some really rude customers <laughs> out there. And, and the, the accounting community that, you know, the servers should be able to know like, oh, this guy is a, you know, the pain. I should be careful, right? Uh, I think that's a really interesting concept.
3: Yeah, I think there would be much more a higher volume of negative reviews when accounting practitioners are rating business owners as opposed to just regular, you know, citizens that are trying to get from point A to point B. <laughs> business owners just you're just going to find a, a a bigger, you know, pool of of uh unwanted custom, customers.
2: But 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 Ryan, let's let's talk about what what an Uber accounting Uber accounting wouldn't be for those customers that are looking to build a relationship with mm-hmm. an that's accountant. Right, right. right. This is right. like Task I, I'm trying to get a job done. Right, that's
0: like, right.
2: Now we are we go to all the conferences and we're brainwashed by all the thought leaders and all that stuff. So the concept of relationship and advisory it's in top of our mind, and sometimes we project that upon our customers, and we think that's what our customers want. And and in the long run, they do. In their hearts, they do. But in the immediacy, we really don't. You know, I was just in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to get to the improv show and back to the hotel. I wasn't really thinking about anything else beyond that. You know, and and if Uber gets into this business or an Uber type of company it is, I don't think it's going to be about relationships. And the other part, I think Mike was talking about being rude or not being rude. We're also making the assumption that when you hire this accountant through Uber, you know, will you even have a conversation with that person? We, wow. we, we're, we're assuming that this is going to happen, but could we hire someone that we just give them access to QBO? We send a, a, a list of what we need. They reply back to the same app and say, what about this? What about this? What's line A, line B? Oh, wow. They get it done and you don't even have to talk to the person because there's going to be a group of customers, I assume they're going to not going to want to talk to their accountant or their provider. Oh, yeah. Think about it, because they don't have a relationship with you anyway, so why do they even want to talk to you? Now, imagine you're a brilliant accountant, and you barely speak English. That's even a worse problem, right? <laughs> but but think about it. You could be a brilliant accountant, right? That The person that reconciles, solves the problem, every, everything, right? G- gets the books beautiful, tax return, everything, but can't communicate with the person via voice, but could essentially do it via text. Wouldn't you want to continue working with a provider? You know, yeah. so 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 we have to also think about how the customer's expectations are going to change when this Uber accounting comes out. And also, let me mm. note something. Michael, you lost. We had a bet. Who would mention QuickBooks Live first? And, <laughs> <laughs> and Michael subconsciously mentioned QuickBooks did, Live. Did I say I
0: that?
1: I don't remember. You I, oh, you did say it. You told, Michael? I don't remember saying it at all. Oh, my gosh. All, <laughs> all three of us were like smirking at you. Yeah. I can't believe you just said that.
2: So, so, Bob, what do you think about this concept of do someone hire an accountant through Uber? Do they want to talk to the person? Like, what do you think the customer again? Yeah. What is the customer you know,
1: expecting? You, you know, it's interesting. Uber. I, I read somewhere that Uber just came out with an option that you can select how, how talkative you want your driver to be. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, did. yeah. I'm I'm not even kidding. Like, apparently, you can pay a premium and say I want a quiet ride, and you and you have to pay a premium for that. Premium for a quiet ride? Are uh-huh. You kidding me? Uh-huh. And I thought. <laughs> what a great idea <laughs> i would choose that every time when i when i think an uber but uh i think you know Man, why you're not? creating have
3: new it. profit centers every day
1: <laughs> there you go i mean why not in accounting industry? like how talkative do you want to be with your accountant like how to scale on a scale of what to ten, and then match it up with the with the you know um appropriate level of accountant like you said hector there are some really amazing minds that are just ter- that have terrible people skills <laughs> and that's like be- and before, maybe they were at a disadvantage. Whereas in this case, they're on equal playing field, and they, you know, the software can play matchmaker between the right personalities.
2: And, and what, about, what about questions. what about questions, Bob? I ask my customers a shitload of questions. I'm like, yeah, I'm like a three year old. Why, why, why? Because you can't why, read their why?
1: mind, Hector. Yeah, you no, know, it's a skill. <laughs> but but I've <laughs> had pay people a premium for that. <laughs>
2: but I have people saying, why are you asking me so many questions? I just need yeah. you to do my tax return.
1: Right. That's right.
2: And as much as I'll try to re-educate that person, you know, I can send them to an accounting re-education camp and they still don't want me to ask them that many
1: questions. That's right?
2: right. Right? So isn't that even, could that be an option where you say, I want an accountant that won't ask questions? Right. <laughs> oh, that,
1: that I don't think lead- that should be an option. <laughs> <laughs> I want an <laughs> accountant that doesn't have any questions.
2: Right. That, that, I mean, that could lead to some other problems, of course. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, are, are you looking for an accountant that digs deep or doesn't dig? Yeah. Right. right? Are you looking yeah. for an accountant that questions your business model or your profit or not? Are you looking for an account that su- accountant that suggests things beyond the work that they're well, doing? Well, you see, well,
1: I, I would say that's more, you know, again, going back to Uber, like the UberX versus the, well, yes. sorry, Uber or UberX kind of yes. comparison, In right? Like, Excel, do you want a limo exactly. or do you want to, yeah. right? Uh, or do you want to ride share? Like, do you want to have a gr- group session here? <laughs> 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 yeah. Let me four forward your taxes at once.
0: <laughs> yeah could you imagine like a group bookkeeping session or a group yeah uh, like tax why not it's like a mastermind like,
1: group
2: right yeah, yeah, yeah. Wh- wh- why not michael what yeah, if why not? Exactly. what if one of the options wasn't do yeah. my books or do my taxes what if it's yeah. train me train me in yeah or right? it could
0: be it could be like do you want to join a uh 1040 easy session or a uh or a schedule c session it's just your schedule c walk step-by-step schedule yeah i mean that would be a very interesting
2: group tax planning tax right because it's all generic is all based on yeah
1: there you on, go yeah. And if you want your limo service and, and get into that you know, we can even say get into that advisory service, right. Minimum an hour charge. Right. It's got minimum to take that long, but, but you're willing to pay for that. Um, and you can give each other a rating afterwards. I think that's, <laughs> Pretty crazy. And how much how much luggage you bring in,
0: right? How much luggage can you fit in the car? <laughs> how much luggage are you bringing? How many yeah. are you bringing? How many things? Yeah, that's really yeah. Exciting.
1: And maybe in that case, you know, that's where Ryan's idea of building that relationship, because that really it's at the advisory level that the relationship starts to matter. Mm. Um, I think maybe that that could be an option at that higher level, but, you know.
2: Ryan, anything else in the customer level, so we can move to the provider level? Anything else you can think of?
3: Now I just want to expand on what you guys on what we've been talking about for the last eight minutes or so. Uh, There's, there's definitely a a clear difference between somebody that needs a tax professional and somebody that's requesting, you know, bookkeeping or advisory services. I hate using advisory, uh, but that's a different story. But I, I think if, if somebody's looking for, you know, just, getting their tax return prepared, then I don't think uh, it's that hard to debate whether they want somebody that's talkative or not talkative, or they just want somebody to to get the job done. With bookkeeping, from my experience, I would say safely that 95% of business owners that I've dealt with want to talk and they they want to be heard. And uh, I don't think that, there would be any um, room for somebody that is a not, that 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 doesn't wish to talk to the client for them to grow or or be successful i think that is a critical component if this service was was available and i think that's one of the things that something that rhymes with quickbooks hive would 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 fail at if they don't provide this relationship component with the client, because I think that they could get very, they could grow very frustrated if they just have all these different people uh, reconciling bank accounts and, you know, somebody might reconcile a credit card sub sub account differently than the last person. And there's no consistency. Um, Ryan, I have
2: a, I do have a counter argument to that. Okay. Uh, the big broker companies, Merrill Lynch, mm-hmm. Charles Schwab, they're all losing business of the yin yang, and they're losing it to all this, <laughs>
1: all
2: like these new fintechs, right, and all yeah. these new fintechs going to Betterment and Stash or whatever the whatever these companies are called. They're not talking to brokers. No, they're logging in, they're reading something, they're clicking a couple of buttons, looking at a couple of graphs, and they're doing all the investments themselves. So what you what you are calling to be the truth today. Which is 90% of customers want to talk, that can that can systematically change. Ryan, if we had the same podcast, the same thing 15 years ago, and the idea was this abstract concept of having accounting on the cloud, the Ryan Balfield 15 years ago would be saying, 90% of my customers don't want my data on the cloud. Look at how that has changed in 15 years. But, but Hector,
1: that's that's where I'd say, you know, and the fintech and non-fintech, like they can coexist because there are customers and, and you know, in, in this case, Ryan's customer base wants to have that relationship. And there's always going to be a place for that, right? Like It's, it's never 100% one or the other. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, you, Ryan, nature, you track the people that, Bob, that love the nature, that. And that's the strange. nature
2: of the relationship changes. I'm going to give you an example, Bob. I don't know anything about you, but I'm going to make a prediction. You have worked with attorney with an attorney in the last five years a few times, yes or no?
1: Yes, and I hate yeah. every one
2: of no, them. Okay, 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 but but Bob, has has this been you going to the big office with the big mahogany desks, or has it been like online email back and forth? Like, has the has your has your lawyer relationship become techie and quick and express, just like the times? So the answer is probably yes. Uh,
1: I mean. Yes, sorry, I should say the work has been all remote, but the, the re- level of relationship is like almost non existent. But then again, like,
2: but, 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 really but, but, but relationships is an abstract uh, concept. You can have a relationship with someone via a chat in an app. Okay, how many people are meeting online in this, all these apps and they be, they get married afterwards? People, <laughs> no, I'm serious. People, no, it's, can true. Build, it's
0: true, it's true. People
2: can build deep relationships electronically. Usually they meet at least once. I think people like to see the other person's face at least once, even if it's Zoom. But I have so many clients that I don't even know what they look like because I do remote work and I don't use Zoom uh, video for the most part. I just use TeamViewer. I have clients that I've literally worked with for like seven years and I have no idea what they look like. Zero, no idea. They know me because of YouTube, but I don't know what they look like. And I love the person. I hear their voice and I recognize them. We, we have, he, he texts, texts me to through WhatsApp. He adores my work. I love, he pays on time. You can build deep relationships with someone without having what we picture in our head, what a relationship is. So I'm not discounted that we are going to have relationships. I'm just saying the nature of a relationship could fundamentally change. That's just what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I I, I think, and I think we're so... It's interesting, we're not used to that. I think a lot of people are not used to that in our profession yet, but it will continue to be more and more like that. Um, and and that, that, you know, I, I think that that's a lot, a lot of disruption in, in that case. So have we moved on to the provider? Are we still on the provider side? We're still no, on no, that?
2: No, no. let's yeah. move to the provider. We haven't talked yeah. about it. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: let's talk about provider. So yeah. what would you expect as a provider? Well, I think we brought that up earlier. I, I would want the ability to rate who I'm working with, put a review. And you know, what's funny, I don't know if, you, if, you, if you, you have been tempted by this, but right now, if you have a, if you have a customer that doesn't pay you, is mean to your, your staff, the most recourse you can get is fire them or potentially even you know, sue them. But I don't know if any of us have ever left our customer a bad review on their business website right, or on their Google Maps location. Um, and I don't even know if that's legal, if you're allowed to do that. But it's not something that's fun. It's kind of funny. We've kind of not we, – we have the reverse where only the customer is allowed to leave the review, but the service provider or the person who provided the product is actually not allowed to leave a review. We can respond. The common thing is to respond to reviews – but you can't actually leave one, which is very interesting why that's the case. If I were to challenge that aspect, why is it the case? That's very really interesting. Why can't you, as a service provider, say, look, this person was not great to deal with, and I would not recommend anybody else deal with this person. Right? That would be very interesting. That would be, be
2: interesting for Yelp. because. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be very interesting. Oh, I think we lost Hector Bob, right? <laughs> that's, he a great, that's a great free <laughs> shot of Hector though. Yeah, yeah, yeah Yelp, that right. Free shot, yeah. That's funny. Hector,
1: what'd
0: you say? You a Yelp? That would be interesting.
2: No, I was saying that would be interesting in Yelp because there's there are some Yelpers that uh, that all they do is leave bad reviews. So if the restaurants could track the Yelper and give that Yelper a bad reviewer review and say, look, this guy is really anal. He's asking for a lot of things. Like There's one Yelper that my customer was, my client was telling me. There's one Yelper that all he does, he goes into restaurants and checks if they are um, ADA compliant, like with a wheelchair accessible. And he always dings the restaurant, one-star review, saying non-ADA compliant, like the toilet paper height or the ramp to get into the restaurant. That's all he does, and he's famous in South Florida for it. He has brought lawsuits to restaurants, like they fear this guy. It's a guy in a wheelchair that all he does is go to restaurants that give him a hard time. For the handicap accessible ramps and all that stuff. So, like a person like that, which by the way, of course, he, he's doing a great service to the rest of the handicap people by getting all these customers compliant. But the restaurant should be able to say, hey, by the way, this person is a chronic bad reviewer. You know, so take that person's comments with a grain of salt. And if there's enough service providers out there, you know, maybe they can get those reviews. They get they get them annulled or people ignore them. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? What else, what else would you expect as a service provider in this experience if you're on the, uh, providing side on the Uber experience?
3: Um, yeah, I I would think that it would be cool if I was able to just click a button and pass that client down the list to somebody else. Uh,
2: so decline it. De- decline the job, basically. You're saying right. Okay. Right.
3: Decline the job. Correct.
2: Now let me ask you a question, Ryan. What are the indicators that would lead you to decline that job? Because there's not a lot of information when the job pops up. Like what? Just give us a, cu- a quick, high-level things. What would the customer have told you, or what have you learned about that job that will drive you to
3: decline it? I guess it, it all depends. It, it, I can't come up with a, an example off the top of my head, but I would think, um, you know, maybe,
2: maybe tell me what type of jobs you decline. And that would give us an idea. What are the type of jobs that you say no to immediately?
3: Trust accounting. Mm.
2: Um, so it's a niche, a niche industry specialty type of thing.
3: Yeah. But I, I would think that if there was something in place here, then, you know, somewhere on your profile, you would indicate whether you, you know, want to deal with law firms or not. So that wouldn't even get to that point. Correct. But, but you know, but maybe um, we've all seen this. You, you could uh, you can have an, an engagement or onboard a new client that has, you know, a very simple LLC, just started one bank account. And then uh, a half hour into the conversation, they actually have, you know, three other holding accounts and they're using their personal credit card and they're commingling funds, and uh, you know, it, it just turns out to be an absolute nightmare. Um,
2: so we so we taken the job. Yeah. We looked into it. You said 30 minutes, but it could be longer. It could be shorter. And At that point, we realized that what their expectations and the scope is not there, and you can just turn it back and send it back into the into the world. Now, what think, do you think? Yeah. What do you think that would do to the consumers? that are sitting there and explaining their problems to two, three providers, you think they would stop using that app saying, you know, this is not working for me. People are declining me.
3: Yeah, I think it would be hard for the app to rebound from that because the consumer already has, you know, a set price in mind that they thought they were going to get service for that particular rate. Now, if, if, they, if they get kicked back into the queue um, because they have a more complex situation, then if if that's notated on their account then they're gonna have to pay a higher rate in order to to get this the 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 level of service that they need so it could be a huge sticker shock for them because they already have that one price embedded you know just like any any quote you get if you get a a quote from a landscaper for a thousand dollars and then they come out and they say well actually you know there's a slope in your yard and um you know blah 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 there it's actually going to be 3500 and you're probably not likely to proceed and you might just go with a brand new you know go out and get brand new estimates from other companies or other Bob. services
2: but what about you what do you think about that concept of the scope <clears throat> taking the job yeah the
1: job. Um, I think that you raised a really interesting point. Uh, before I get there though there's a few things that we had discussed that I just want to summarize. Um, yeah, you know the rating thing was important. Uh, the matching of personality again is super important you know being able to choose how targeted you want your client. Uh, but I think, you know, this app is going to run into a big issue in terms of pricing and scope, because at the end of the day, it's not Uber, it's not as simple as driving from one place to the other, right? It's it's all these customizable uh, requests and all these variable issues that, you know, if, if this app quotes one price, then, then, um, th- then the, the service provider thinks it's a different price, then is it, there could be a huge mismatch from you know in terms of compensation expectation right <clears throat> so yeah i wonder how it's going to work you know maybe the app pays the provider by the hour and they take the risk of pricing at a certain level or you take a percentage i, I think it's going to be very very difficult and i think uh, you know without some sort of really amazing pricing mechanism one side's going to get whether are be from the customer side paying too much or from providers earning too little so i think i don't know the answer to that one but has to be, that's a huge challenge
0: yeah it may, it may need to take an an upwork kind of um approach where they they show you the pricing that you know the, they show you the pricing that um uber does is where show the pricing to the driver do you want to pick this ride uh, do you want to take the service and then the the writer gets in but if the writer says in the midst of it oh i forgot to tell you about schedule d or I forgot to tell you about this other bank account, just like when you're in a ride, oh, I forgot, I need to stop at this other place, and it's kind of a little bit off the beaten path. You actually have to add it in the app and get charged more. So it actually does that on the fly with you. So there would be a component as a provider where I would want to know the price that I, the general range of price I want to get paid, I would get paid, um, whether that's a percentage of the fee or fixed fee or whatever. And then I would want to know that I can, I can, I can add this customer can add services, and I can either decline or accept in that because the Uber driver can decline if if they can't if they can't take you to where you want to go, they can say, "Look, I can't drive you to that other spot." So we, right. I, I can, I'll stop right now and drop you off. You know, um, and so that would be very interesting. Actually, that that raises a good uh, yeah. good
1: point. You know, skill level, like yeah. You know, I've never filed a tax return before, but I know how to use this software really well. Okay. Well, you better indicate that somewhere so that you don't get mashed up with a client that can do that kind of stuff, right?
0: Right. Yeah. So that would that would be that would be really interesting. And I, I would expect as a provider, you know, you can outline your pricing to match what you think you're worth so that you're almost almost like you're never given the opportunity to accept something that wouldn't fit into your price range. So, or you can say, well, I'm okay seeing lower pricing um, for during these periods of the day. So if it's seven o'clock at night, yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to be okay with getting the the $20 fixed service or whatever. But if it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm only going to do a thousand dollars or something like that. So you can almost set it. So the pricing rules around it would have to be pretty sophisticated, but it's obviously possible because Uber, Lyft, these other services have done it. Yeah, they've done it. Surge pricing, sophisticated pricing.
1: Yeah. Part of pricing is, is also, you know, you kind of relate to the, the concept of supply and demand, and I would say as a provider, I guess my expectation is there's always work because (laughs) right. Like I think one of the criticism with, with Uber is that, yeah, you're, you're earning money while you're driving, but there are some periods where just you're, you're, you know, you're available, but there's no riders. And that you know and that way you're just sitting around sitting around doing nothing and not earning money. So if this was going to be my career then I need to be able to you know be have some sort of certainty that there's going to be enough work for me to to do. do, do
2: you mind if I throw a wrench at this whole thing. Um, are you guys familiar with how Spotify compensates their artists?
1: Mm. like per song or something? Yeah
2: no, no. so the way it works is, it's similar to YouTube and that I could tell per you about view. that. Yeah. And and my sister, uh, my sister works for Spotify. So I'm a little bit familiar with it. So the way it works is Spotify has a pool of has two pools of money. The pool of money that comes from subscribers and the pool of money that comes from advertisers. So what they do is they 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 measure playtime. So let's just deal with subscribers, similar to how Netflix works. So let's say, for example, they have a million dollars of subscriber revenue for one month, right? Netflix or, or Spotify. And then let's say their agreement with the artist is a 60% of that gets paid back to you. So now the pool is 600,000. So then they take mathematically imagine one big ass spreadsheet that has all the playtimes of all the songs per artist and then proportionally distributes the 600,000 to all the artists based on playtime. Wow. So It's incredibly complex and interesting. So what if... Right, these people would subscribe to this Uber app and it would be let's say three hundred dollars a month, a flat fee, and they would get units of outcome. And then and then the, the providers can get paid proportionally based on units of outcome that they do. So I'm kind of looking at it from a platform perspective. Yeah. What if people didn't pay? Because we're trying to solve the problem of expectation and pricing one-on-one dropping the client or taking them, which really adds a lot of logistical problems. But if it was the other way, all units of outcome, how would you see this different?
0: Interesting.
2: This this might be a conversation for a part two, because that's <laughs> <Yeah>. kind, <laughs> kind of deep. But, uh, yeah. and Ryan, do you have a, 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 an answer to what Bob was saying about that? Or?
3: No, Did I think you? that's an interesting <laughs> compensation or commission model that they have. That's I never knew that. So they, they-
2: YouTube works the same way by the way. So so if I'm a monetized channel, right? And ads play in my in my video, there's two pools. There's click ads and those give me a specific dollar amount per click ad and then there's view ad, view ads which is not nothing to do with my channel, which is a everybody's monetized channels and all the advertising revenue gets split half of it across wow. all of us. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically what they're trying to solve for that one-on-one you know measuring one-on-one because that's very complicated right i mean we, we've established it here how complex this gets you know the pricing and all that stuff
3: i wonder how educated the the user or customer would be to pick up on the fact that you know there, there's definitely going to always be supply whether it be at any hour of the day um, and my only concern is you're going to have people that either just enter this game and aren't as experienced, or you're going to have a lot of overseas activity that will, you know, jump up and down for 20 or $25 an hour. Um, but, but they might not have, you know, the necessary l- uh language skills that the customer um
2: Ryan we can best. make the we can make the same requirements that uber has which you have to be a local you have to be a resident you have to have right. a license right the pro advisor program did this right if they kicked you off the program if you don't fax in or or email them a copy of driver's license proving who you are and that you're a u.s based person so we could solve this if you think that the overseas players could really throw off the numbers and and, and have an unfair type of competition if we wanted to systematically, we could do that. So, I mean, I would say it it might be easier if we think about this from the perspective that we're only competing with other U.S. providers just so we don't have that that big of a difference between what a a person in India would do the job for versus the comparison with somebody in Arkansas versus New York, which is still pretty wide, by the way. So or I knew,
1: Canada? I, well, yeah.
2: well, I, I guess I, I don't know what Canada is, but I, but I assume that I assume that someone in Toronto, right? The average person in Toronto would probably charge thirty dollars an hour, and an average person somewhere in the middle of America, where the cost of living is close to nothing, they could bring that price close down, right? Um, and, yeah, but, and I think that's the argument Ryan is making about the yeah. overseas people, correct? Well, and
0: yeah. was well, saying the platform could even limit based on what it wants to, it could say, you as a user could say, I only want a New York-based provider, even though I'm not going to, you know, I only want to work with somebody in New York City because I want specific New York tax law or New York things going on versus I don't care where in the country or the world they are, right? So you can even make the platform give you the decision. Like Uber, I can't ask for a Kansas driver if I'm in New York City. It's just not going to happen. right? You know?
2: Yeah, and- but you can but you can ask for the, car, the type of car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and you can decline a driver that ha- doesn't have... So many reviews, so you do right. have a little bit of yeah a pick from it. But I guess some consumers will say, "Hell yeah, I want an overseas guy because I want to pay less," right? That sure. that that could be real too. Yeah. yeah.
3: And and what happens if if the high quality experienced pro advisors, uh, you know, determine that this is not worth their time and energy, so they get rooted out, and all you're really left with. Are new pro advisors or, or, or beginner level experienced accounting pr- practitioners. Then you have this watered down service. Um, but hey, I mean,
2: isn't that what Uber it, is though? How many Uber exactly. drivers are perfect chauffeurs? Yeah,
3: yeah I, I was. You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, the I, I remember clearly the the first uh, argument from the the taxi side was, well, why would people want to get in a car with a stranger? You know, they're not licensed. Um, they're not experienced. You know, it, it's it's less safe, but it works. I mean, they, 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 they got to their destination. And so how valuable is a pro-advisor certification? How valuable is a, a CPA license? If you're just looking for basic, you know, bookkeeping service, you know, you might not need to be, a seasoned vet. You could be just somebody that knows how to reconcile a bank account and, and work the bank feeds. And and maybe that's good enough. Well, this has been, this has been an amazing conversation, like way
0: more lively than I expected it to be, which is awesome. And that's, that goes to uh, Brian and Bob being the people, person, people that they are, but uh, what'd you expect, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking we were going to be like, well, no, really. <laughs> drinking. Um, Bob and I
3: bring the heat yes whenever we come on here it's so there's always heat
0: yeah, it's not the alcohol that's warming me up it's the conversation that's warming me up <laughs> uh, so how about how would we wrap the night up with one more comment um, one more comment about you know platform you can take it from platform provider or or consumer um, give me of your, your, you know, your final thoughts about this in regards to if Uber got into the uh, accounting business Bob why don't you
1: kick us off okay um whoever is going to do it i think is is going to (laughs) be incredibly smart to do it i think it's an incredible opportunity and they'd be dumb not to um and i think um it's up to the industry to figure out how do we want to change do we be a part of the ecosystem do we um adapt, you know, just like the taxi industry, you know, if you're the one holding on to, you know, a thousand medallions, you're in real trouble. Uh, so how do you innovate, uh, in that, in that same environment? So I don't have the answer for that. I mean, we always talk about advisory advisory, but advisory can become a part of this, this platform. So I don't know. Um, I think it, it's a really interesting time to be in this industry to either, um, be part of the wave or be left behind or lead the charge. I don't know. It's a, an interesting one.
0: That's great. Bob, how about you, Ryan?
3: I'm just going to continue to focus on differentiating my brand. I'm not going to worry about competitors. Uh, I'm going to continue to serve my customers, um, at a high level. Um, I'm not going to be intimidated by any, um, you know, big giants that enter this space. I'm happy that they're doing it. I support it. I think it was only, it it was inevitable. It's only, I'd much rather have QuickBooks do this than um, some bum ass company like Bench. So... um,
2: Tell us us how you really feel.
3: Yeah. Um, But, you know, obviously everyone's concerned with how will it affect my business. And I've been posting all over the place. Just focus on... Hmm your, your own brand. Don't worry about competitors. If you're worried that, that, that QuickBooks live is going to take away customers from you, then you probably have issues currently that you need to solve. So I don't really have any comments or remarks. I wish them, um, the best of luck. And, uh, but I, I don't, I don't lose sleep over how it will affect my business because if, if I, stress out about it, then that's less time that I I get to spend on, you know, furthering my brand. That's a good, that's a good word. Hector, how about you?
2: I clearly lose sleep over this because it's after midnight that I'm talking about it. (laughs) 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 So, so so that's a kind of argument to that. So platform wise, what I think the most important thing is gonna be trust, you know, so, Mm -hmm. because a customer doesn't subscribe or pay the uber driver they don't they don't mm. subscribe or pay to the car that the uber driver or the experience of the uber driver it's to uber mm. they are what they are trusting is the platform right and then the uber driver is the same thing they are putting they're 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 driving a stranger around in a crazy in a country full of crazy people right they're driving a, a stranger around also trusting the platform trusting the review system trusting payment system. They also trust that they're going to get paid. They're literally using their resources, logging a human being around and not receiving any money in the interim. So they're trusting the platform to pay them. So I think trust is the overarching uh, concept that the platform needs to endure. The secondary concept to this, I think, is quality. Quality of work from the use. so, So the way Uber makes sure that there's quality is they kick off bad drivers of the platform, right? Bad reviews, that kick them off. Like Ryan is saying, some bum ass person that's just started, the, the, the platform needs to have the ability to bump them off or to lower them from the priority list. They also, Uber also checks uh, people's cars. And I think they have over, other Uber drivers check the cars or send pictures. I mean, there's some sort of quality control. So I, th- I think the platform needs to do some sort of certification, training, verification, continuous training and verification, and in one way, shape, or form to be able to spot check in a meta level, the quality of the work. And I know that's kind of complicated, but if you think about it, when you log into QuickBooks Online, you have this overview button now that tells you how many accounts are unreconciled and how many uh, transactions have a negative account and how many, you've seen that, right? Mm -hmm. So what if the platform could in a meta level read somebody's, let's say, QuickBooks online file before they work with a person and then using some like really smart K- KPIs, see the work after and somehow be able to determine how obviously they, they, they can't tell judgment, right? That, that accountant had good judgment or bad judgment. That's impossible. But they could know, okay, they finished the bank transactions or they put vendors in all the, all, the payee, all the payees or they don't have negative balances or... Everything's reconciled, or there there is a very low variance between the categories and the market average, you know, of the expenditures. I mean, obviously it's complicated, but but if there was some systematic way to provide quality, eh, eh, that would increase the trust in both the provide in both the user and the provider to keep continuing, to the platform to keep having good providers.
0: Good yeah, point. That's great. And uh, there are just two quick thoughts um, to end this. In regards to the platform, um, you know, I, I keep going back to the thinking our firms are the taxi companies and there's an Uber coming. Mm-hmm. Our firms are the taxi companies. And so the war isn't for customers. It's, it's, it, that's, a, that's a side effect. The actual war is for talent. The actual war is for talent. The taxi companies are hurting not because customers stopped using them. It's because drivers stopped driving for them. That's the that's the ta- that's the area where we have to innovate for our firms. It's actually not around the customers in my mind. You can't serve customers without drivers. We can't serve customers without employees, without accounts or bookkeepers working for us. That's the primary battle. And then the, the last you know, the second or the last one is. We're learning through the whole economics around this now that Uber Lyft, and everything has been around long enough. Yes, there's value for the customer. There's some value for the driver, but the platform wins out at the end of the day, the platform is the winner. So being the pl- b- creating a platform is one of the best economic models for your business. If you can be that player And it's very hard. Only one in a billion people do it right. Airbnb, Uber, um you name them they they've come out and done the platform play and our friends at intuit have created the platform play they 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 went intentionally in it and they created the largest platform play and so that would be an interesting kind of another conversation is how could one of our firms become a platform play what would that look like for your firm to switch their your model and become a platform play
3: this is awesome guys this is great I'll Michael, make that pre- was good. That was a really those are two great points. That,
2: that was amazing, Michael. And, yeah. and to your point, I'm going to recommend the book. It's called Tomorrow 2 3.0 by Michael Munger. And it talks exactly about that about the sharing economy, about platforms, and the reduction of friction and transaction costs, how that's going to win tomorrow's economy. So read that book if you like this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Tomorrow 3.0 by Michael Munger.
0: That's great. Well, thank you guys. Have a great night and great Memorial weekend. And have a great weekend, Bob, up yeah, in Canada as well. <laughs> we'll talk soon. See, See you later. High, Bye.